Welcome everyone to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for everything horror. Now here's your hosts, Justin and Brandon. Take it away, boys. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pod and Gore, your one-stop shop for all things horror. I am Brandon. And I am Justin. And welcome to the show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Happy Sunday. You too. So it's I know, been a while. I, it, <laughs> I was just about to say because I, I feel bad that we didn't we didn't record back to back so you didn't get to use your uh, it's been so long since I've seen you line. Well, that's fine. Now it it's can fine. actually have been a while. No, it has been a while. You don't even <laughs> eat lunch with me anymore. It's like you hate me. I, dude, it's not by choice. It's the fact that like I'm super fucking busy and then like I'm hungry as shit by the time 10 o'clock rolls around. And so I'm like, man, if I can, I will push it out. Mm-hmm. But then like if when I start work at five and I'm like, man, if I could push lunch out till noon, then it's all right. But most of the time, like last week, it's just because I was like, God, dude, I'm hungry now. <laughs> That's fair. And yeah. And so, yeah, here we are. Indeed. So what are we doing this week, Brandon? So this week, Justin, we are going to talk about cursed films. What? What? I'm excited. I I really f- hope that we do this justice because I had this built up in my mind so much about how awesome it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then life, my daughter's starting kindergarten and I'm like, oh, God, just not enough time in the days, even though I did watch a new movie last night that Ooh. was surprisingly decent. The one I messaged you about, that escape room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything like that, but it was a interesting concept. The, uh, it was weird because I get done watching, I'm like, God, I swear to God, I just heard somebody ask for tickets for escape room. So I'm like, oh, man, this... And then that's when I looked it up. I was like, oh, there's a sequel that just came out like a month ago. And so um, the way that they ended that first one was kind of clever. And so I'm like, oh, okay. They're doing it like this. see a sequel coming? Well, yeah, you knew a sequel was coming. But it actually, the way they teed it up, I was not overly disappointed with the way that the route that they took. Um, And then I fell asleep watching Happy Death Day finally. Oh, well. Finally Dude, watched I, it and then you fell asleep, big loser. Yeah, I well, it was really weird because I'm like, it's nine o'clock. I'm really tired and I feel like I'm gonna fall asleep. But maybe if this catches me, I will finish it. And I got a good chunk of the way into it. Yeah, I just I lost the battle. <laughs> Fair and enough. So I'll probably the first I'll one probably, is much better than the second one in my opinion. But okay, I'll probably finish that one tonight, yeah. and then. Um, We'll see what we'll see where it goes after there, but let's go ahead and dive into the topic at hand. Well, hey, have you watched anything I, of note uh, aside of from the genre of the genre? I uh, I watched uh, the Haunted Mansion for the first time ever, that uh, Disney adaptation, and I really yes. liked it. Like I avoided that movie like the plague for so long because it was during you know Eddie Murphy's a dad stage and it was gonna be <laughs> stupid and dumb but it was really good had some actually creepy moments like it it was not as good as the first pirates but it was kind of the same tone ish 
Okay. And it came out the same year. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it, so, it's definitely worth a watch. It's one and, I might cover. Okay. I have plans on watching it. Like, I, when you told me that you finally watched it, I was like, man, that, that's like a movie that I was trying to get my daughter to watch mm-hmm. because I felt like she would really like it. And I th- maybe she just wasn't feeling Eddie Murphy either. But <laughs> <laughs> Who you is? Know, and so... Yeah, he's not but, as Eddie Murphy as I feared he would be. Like, he has his moments, but right when you think he's going to go too much, he stops. Right. I know, and that's kind of how I, like, I had this conversation, too, because I kind of felt bad. Maybe it was with you, might have been with you, or might have been, I don't remember. We were talking about Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. and I was talking about how Will Smith is Will Smith in everything that he does, yeah. and, like... He kind of like he almost kind of has his own gravitational pull when it comes to things like it's Will Smith and it's just Will Smith playing a different version of himself, whatever. Yeah. And um, that's what you were talking about with it being Eddie Murphy and it kind of being like, okay, what level are we going to get? That's kind of it reminded me of a conversation I had about Suicide Squad, too, because I think we're doing a comparison between uh, Will Smith and Idris Elba. Mm -hmm. And somebody said that they lent more towards Will Smith. And I was like, okay, I like Will Smith as much as the next next person. But I'm like, I think Idris Elba is a pretty good actor, too. So I was like, to kind of schluff it off like that, I'm like, it's your fucking mouth here. <laughs> to be yeah, right. I, I like Will Smith too, and like him as the genie in Aladdin was a pleasant surprise and stuff. Right, but yeah, yeah, well, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so let's dive into the topic at hand. Uh, off the bat, we um, want to send out some credits. So mm-hmm. all of our informations that we got is we basically. Uh, got off the flavorwire.com, uh, written by Allison Nastasi uh, in May of 2015. So we're going to read off of this list. I, If I would have had more time, and I do, I just need to be better about time management apparently, um, mm-hmm. I would have done more in-betweens. But, I mean, this is just as easy, so... Yeah. Um, we are going to, we're going to dive in here. So the first film on the docket to talk about is the Poltergeist or Poltergeist 1982. So for those, like we talked about last, uh, last week with the crow, if you have shutter, um, I would highly recommend watching it. If you don't get shutter, cause it's like five bucks a month, mm-hmm. it's worth it. But there's a, a documentary series on there. Um, it's called Cursed Films. Um, the first season. I'm not sure if they're doing any more. I heard. I thought I read something about there being a second season. But cool. oh, um, so season one includes uh, The Exorcist, The Omen, Poltergeist, The Crow, and Twilight Zone the movie. And talking about that season two may include Rosemary's Baby, The Conjuring, The Possession, and Amityville Horror, which every single one of these movies listed are ones we're going to talk about. And so if if, you want to hear somebody talk about it much better than I will, then watch that. And if you don't want to spring for Shudder, the first season is on Blu-ray on Amazon for like less than 20 bucks. Hmm. There you go. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Um... So, let's dive in. Um, so, The Poltergeist, 
I, I always want to say that poltergeist, a young family's lives are turned upside down when a malevolent ghost invades their home and their daughter is abducted by the evil spirits in Toby Hooper's classic horror film poltergeist. The movie is widely believed to be cursed due to several real life tragedies involving the untimely death of co-stars Heather O'Rourke, who played little Carol Ann and Dominique Dunn, who played the older sister Dana. O'Rourke passed away due to a medical dis, uh, misdiagnosis while uh, Dunn was murdered by her boyfriend. Many believe that the curse was sparked by the use of real human skeletons as, as props. Plastic ones were much more expensive to use, or they were much more expensive to make. In one scene of the film, um, Brother Robbie, who was played by Oliver Robbins, has a poster for the Super Bowl 22 in his room. Which was uh, which would take place six years later in 1988. Okay, um, O'Rourke, O'Rourke died the day after the Super Bowl, oh, day after Super Bowl 22 in San Diego, the same city where the game took place. Hell, that is creepy. I didn't know that part. That I'm, and that's the thing. Like we have all of these that we could talk about, mm-hmm. but. I mean, these are just basically kind of cliff note versions to kind of get us through. And if you want to find more, if you want us to like really, really deep dive, like I'll make an entire episode out of just researching the shit out out of all of these. Um, Also, if you would like, you can go um, into our back catalog here and listen to our episode we covered poltergeist uh in november coming up on a year ago november of two, uh, 2020 yeah. episode number 41 uh where we talk all about this movie yeah. justin spick i believe yeah it was and i briefly mentioned these tragedies uh in the notes right. before we get into the movie mm-hmm. all righty so poltergeist we tee off the next one there yeah uh, the next one is the omen this one actually does have a the from 1976. <laughs> <Fuck> off. <laughs> uh, were the strange real-life deaths and accidents linked to Richard Donner's The Omen, the work of the Antichrist, the subject of the Gregory Peck-starring horror film? Some fans believe so. Star, uh, Star Peck and screenwriter David Seltzer were aboard planes struck by lightning while producer Harvey Bernard was almost struck by lightning in Rome. Jesus. That's just crazy. I mean, that's hard yeah. enough to happen once to anybody. Yeah let alone three people involved in the movie. Yeah. Um, several people linked to the film were involved in a car crash, including the director. Uh, during filming, Donner's Hotel was bombed by the IRA. Nice. Uh, Peck almost boarded a flight during a trip to Israel, one of the locations during the shoot, that crashed and killed everyone. So that was a near miss. Uh, several animal handlers were attacked and injured. Peck's son, Jonathan Peck, committed suicide several months before filming began. Following the production, special effects director John Richardson and his assistant Liz Moore were involved with a serious car accident that decapitated Moore. Uh, The gruesome incident, which happened on Friday the 13th, 1976, mirrors one of the Omen's most violent scenes, also a decapitation. Yikes. Yeah. I would say a lot of these are almost good things. Like, he didn't board the plane. He almost did. Like, if he had boarded the plane on his way back from filming and then it did crash, like, okay, fine. 
but he didn't. So that's actually like a, a point in the win column, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, that's a little f- final destination brewing right there, though. Yeah. Yeah, the decapitation, uh, that's brutal. Especially, of course, it's a Friday the 13th. Like, Oh, yeah. We just had one yeah, of those. We, yep, yes, we did. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk next about Rosemary's Baby, which I is one of my is one of my Cardinal Sin films I've never seen. I know that you recently watched it and mm-hmm. enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, it's great. If you haven't watched it, and The Omen, just, I, I like Rosemary's I've seen Baby the, mm, before. I've but, seen The Omen. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't seen Rosemary's Baby and you like demon possession, wacky old shit, it's, mm-hmm. it's worth a watch. Yeah. And we'll cover so it Rose- eventually. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we will. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, 1968. The Rosemary's um, Baby? Anton LaVey was rumored to play the devil in Roman Polanski's Rosemary's Baby, which never happened. But the Black Pope was friends with the Masonite Susan Atkins, who played a role in the murder of of Polanski's pregnant wife, Sharon Tate. Do you know who Anton LaVey is? um, He was the head of uh, the Church of Satan. I did not. I do now. Um, uh, he's also an author, but um, so it says. Yeah, Anton LaVey was an American author, musician, and occultist, and founder of the Church of Satan and the Religion of Satanism. Cool guy. Um, <laughs> producer William Castle received threatening letters following the film's release. One read: "Bastard, believer of witchcraft, worshipper at the shrine of Satanism." My prediction is you will slowly rot during a long and painful illness, which you have brought upon yourself. Hmm. Castle suffered from a debilitating health issue soon after, which convinced him the movie was cursed. Um, during one emergency room visit, he reportedly screamed, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife. Composer um, Christoph... Kamita died of a mysterious brain injury after filming. So there isn't a whole lot as much on there no. aside from the two. Like that's definitely not as heavy as uh production for the omen. Mm-hmm. But um, still creepy. I mean, to get that kind of letter yeah. and then it basically happens. To they be didn't say like what that yeah, too. And they didn't say what the illness was, whether it was like if it was lung cancer from him smoking or, you know, something like right. that. Right, because it, de- it definitely says debil- uh, debilitating health issues soon after. What was his name? William Castle? Yeah, and he did a ton of old school horror movies. Our friend Patrick talks about him all the time. Um, yeah, he well, he, he lived to be 63. Um, I was going to look to see if there was a, a thing on there talking about um, it said William Castle made millions producing and directing films that horrified audiences and often left critics muttering about poor taste, suffered a heart attack at a heart attack at his home. So he, um, Just heart attack. Yeah. That, uh, causes death there. All right. The next one, which is actually your, one of your picks. And, uh, we covered that one also somewhat recently too, didn't we? Did we do? I don't remember us doing psycho, but maybe we did. I know we did the birds. We did do the birds. No, maybe I just watched Psycho a couple times recently. Yeah, I know I've watched a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah, same. If, okay, if no, we, we haven't. haven't. Yeah, I was say if we haven't, I plan to eventually. <laughs> but I plan to do a lot of things eventually. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Psycho from 1960. This one's a pretty quick one. Myra Jones, a.k.a. Myra Davis, who was the uncredited body double sli- uh, slash stand-in for Psycho star Janet Lee, mother of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, during yep. the making of Hitchcock's 1960 film. A handyman named Kenneth Dean Hunt, who was supposedly a Hitchcock obsessive mur- uh, murdered her. Eh. Yeah. Yikes. Well, yeah, uh, that yeah, <laughs> that kind of sucks. Um, I was looking to see if there was anything more because we have a couple lists that we were looking at because uh, you're right, that is definitely a short one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that necessarily counts for being like a cursed film, but... No, because I mean, it, it doesn't really... It's Yeah, it doesn't really say if it was during filming or soon after or whatever, but... right. It's just a horrible, unfortunate Psycho. thing that happened to her. Psycho movie curse. So yeah, it just talks about, and actually, if you if you Google Psycho movie curse, it literally brings up what you just read from the same article we're reading from. So there you go. Uh, the next one is The Exorcist, Ooh. which was also recently just covered. And this if one we, we actually have... did cover. I remember this one. Yeah. Yeah, episode 57, we covered it like three months ago, two and a half months ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you haven't checked that out, please go back and do so. Holler. Yeah, holler. Reports of audiences fainting and vomiting were a common occurrence during the the release of William Friedkin's chilling tale of a young girl possessed by the devil, The Exorcist. The movie made uh, the movie made national news when a 16th century church across the street from the theater where the film premiered was struck by lightning, uh, causing the cross to fall to the ground. Actor Jack Mag- uh, McGowan uh, played the doomed director in the film, Burke Dennings, and succumbed to the flu shortly after filming wrapped. There are at least eight other deaths associated with the production. The set for the McNeil home burned down in a studio fire, but Regan's Linda Blair room was supposedly untouched by the blaze. See, that's creepy. Like the... <laughs> that is. <laughs> and you talked, we talked, we covered that part of it with, with the house wire and mm-hmm. the only room not being burnt was hers. Yeah. I would... I mean, who knows? I would guess it's because they ultra chilled it. <laughs> for all those breath scenes, but... yeah. Ice to see you. <laughs> I'm not going to do any more Mr. Freeze jokes. Uh, no, next okay. up, Amityville Horror from 1979. This is the original with uh, mm-hmm. James yeah. Rowland. Yep, and if you have not seen this one, please go back and listen to our most highly listened episode to date. Mm-hmm. Amityville Horror, which is actually episode number 23. We yeah. covered that one early on. And it's another one of yeah. mine. Yeah, it huh. is. Yeah, you have a thing for ex, um, for possessions and demons and ghosts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're I'm, more of the par- <laughs> you're more of the paranormal. I'm more of the slasher. Yeah, which is weird. I I usually always love the slashers, but lately I've just been really digging on ghosts. No, nothing wrong with that. Expand the horizons. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. No, or am or I? Or monsters. <laughs> oh. hmm, I don't know. Hmm. Inspired by a true story that has been the subject of controversy and much legal drama, 
which we covered in the show. Sounds like it's a big load of shit, but whatever. Uh, the Amityville Horror is based on the paranormal experience of the Lutz family after moving into a reportedly haunted house on 112 Ocean Ave in Amityville, New York. Prior to moving into the Dutch colonial with uh, ocular windows, previous resident Ronald DeFeo Jr. shot and killed his entire family. The Lutzes claim they were forced out of the home by an evil entity that terrorized them. A popular book was written, which was adapted into the film in 1979. The ghostly aura surrounding the real-life tale pervaded the set, but much of that has been dismissed as uh, invention to drum up publicity. Star James Brolin, who didn't believe in the Lutz story, experienced a fright while studying the novel for the film. Initially hesitant to take the part, he agreed to do it after his... Uh, pants fell from their hanger, causing him to jump and nearly crash his head through the ceiling. I remember you talking about that yeah. during that episode, too. <laughs> so this isn't really a what I would consider a cursed film, either. It's just no. about a cursed occurrence. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Or, or as we discussed it? in the episode, a big crack of shit. Yeah, big ol' <laughs> crock of shit sorry i i was gonna try to say something different and i'm like i'm like i'm just basically co-signing on this one all right oh of course that's what i'm here for um the next one is the possession and jesus christ no pun intended is it a thick one uh Mm. quite a bit to read here so from entertainment weekly on the real life drama behind the possession where lights exploded on set and props were burned in a mysterious fire (laughs) Uh, lionsgate will uh will release the possession a film produced by sam raimi director of the evil dead and spider-man because those are in the spectrum, that's loosely based on terrifying experiences endured by Haxton and the previous owners of the wine cabinet, which has become known in some circles as the Dybbuk box. A Dybbuk, according to Dr. Jeremy Dauber, an associate professor of of the Yiddish language, Literature and culture at Columbia University is the Jewish term for a relentless spirit that finds refuge in a living creature. Hmm. Dauber says the idea of the possession has long been a part of Jewish lore, just as it has with Christianity. All right, let's get to the curses. God damn. Uh, For almost a decade, the 12 and a half by 7 and a half by a 16 and a quarter box has fascinated paranormalists and paranormal debunkers alike. Now it's about to reach the masses in cinematic form with Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kira Sedgwick starring as the parents of young girl, Natasha Callis, who acquires the box. Ramey, who was raised in a conservative Jewish home, says he had a natural curiosity about the subject. You don't hear about Dybbuk's when you go to a synagogue, he explains. I know the demonic lore of the exorcist, but what does my, um, but what does my faith believe about demonic possession? The other thing was, it scared me something horrible, he says. The stories chilled me to the bone. They certainly gave Morgan pause for tonight. In the research I did, I started getting creeped out, the actor says. My girlfriend was like, let's just make sure that we don't actually go uh, near the real Dybbuk box. Nothing again. I was just saying, none of that actually said what the uh, thing was. No, not at all. Um, I'm looking to see, because I thought I saw that. Um, so on the second list, which is, um, from the independent.co.uk, it says Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who starred in the 2000, 
2012 horror film, The Possession, didn't believe in ghosts before the filming began, but walked away convinced that they are real. According to the film's stars, odd occurrences plagued the set, which included the explosion of light bulbs and cold breezes following them around. The possessed box at the heart of the film was later destroyed in a storage facility fire. So there's a little bit more context to why it was actually considered... Cursed. Cursed. Yeah. Uh, Next up is one of my new favorites in the uh, horror franchise, The Conjuring from 2013. Sorry. (laughs) Put that finger (laughs) down. Did you finger down? I didn't think you watched The Conjuring. I thought you watched. I didn't. Uh, I watched the first one. I don't know. I remember you crapping on um, the other one. The Nun? No, well, that too. Insidious? Yeah. I remember you crapping on Insidious, which I still haven't watched because of you, but. No, uh, is that the one with. um, The little boy on the cover? And Patrick Wilson is on it, in it too. Patrick Wilson. Well, is that the one with the Darth Maul looking demon? Yes. Yes. It's not horrible. I just you know. they're not my like these movies aren't my my um my cup of tea, if you will. You I are don't afraid mind of them, some ghosts. But, I forget. Um it's really weird. It's really weird. I know I talked about it a little bit previously, but depending on these kind of movies, like they kind of hit harder. I guess like mm-hmm. if it's a like if it's something I enjoy like like I'm a big fan of White Noise, um, even the first Paranormal act, Paranormal Activity, um, like it gives me really weird like anxiety. Mm-hmm. I guess, um, but I never got that with with these movies. I really liked them. I mean, some aren't great. The Nun kind of sucked. I heard that. But, I mean, like, the, the Annabelles are great. Mm. It's worth the price of admission I, just to watch the Annabelles. I think I watched the first Annabelle. Yeah. Uh, real-life ghost hunters Ed and Lorraine Warren, who aided the real-life Amityville horror case, investigated the haunting of the Perrin family home, a farmhouse plagued by generations of death, disaster, and a possessed doll. The case inspired James Wan's supernatural film, which left some audience in the Philippines with such a fright there were priests available at screenings to bless viewers and provide counseling. On and That's off, hilarious. I know. On and off set, paranormal incidents including strange claw marks on star Vera Farmiga's computer, Wan's tormented dog growling at invisible intruders, a strange wind that apparently put Carolyn Perrin in the hospital, and fire were reported. Yes! Fire! Burn it air! <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so, I mean, I've only been on vacation for a couple days, mm-hmm. and I've done some more watching of stuff. Like I told you, I started watching a new show. Yeah. Um, I might try to make it through some of these. You should. Um, I think they're still that, on HBO Max. I could be wrong. I know the first couple, at least the first one is on Netflix still. Right. And I own them all now yeah now that doesn't surprise me either (laughs) yeah Uh, all right so the exorcism of emily rose uh 2005 dexter star jennifer carpenter reported that during the making of the film in which she played a big screen version of a german woman annalise uh, michelle michael michelle one of those michael yeah whose poor health and subsequent death was blamed on a failed exorcism her radio would mysteriously turn on and off um, from interview with uh, Dread Central. 
the question was a common question when making a film like this is did anything weird happen during filming and she said i thought about it when it happened and two or three times when i was going to sleep my radio would come on by itself the only time it scared me was once because it was really loud and it was pearl jams alive she laughs laura's tv came on a couple times at 3 a.m um they asked and she said no mine wasn't at 3 a.m i was born at 3 a.m but it hasn't happened to me i did check (laughs) and so it may like the stuff may not have come on at 3 a.m but she was born at 3 a.m so that's something i guess yeah it is i mean that kind of stuff is really strange Mm -hmm. especially when it's like an electronic device like our sink has a sensor so every once in a while it'll just like come on because there's water on top of it or whatever and it kicks on okay kicks off but like electronic devices are really weird Mm -hmm. when they'll do something and they shouldn't be yeah it's it's weird uh i don't know if it's like a sensitivity in the equipment itself or something like that that it's just like wow these uh, devices aren't that reliable if they're just going (laughs) to come on and off whenever they want so yeah all uh, right, the last one on this list here. The Innkeepers from 2011, which I've never heard of, uh, filmed at the reportedly haunted hotel in Yankee Peddler Inn in Tor- Torrington, Connecticut. The Innkeepers director, T. West, was skeptical about the strange occurrences during the making of his movie. Still, creepy stories from the set became, became the focus in the press. From an interview with West... I'm a skeptic, so I don't really buy it, but I've definitely seen doors close by themselves. I've seen a TV turn off and on by itself. Lights would always burn out in my room. Everyone on crew was very vivid, has very vivid dreams every night, which is really strange. The one story that is the most intriguing to me in the film, The Most Haunted Room, is the honeymoon suite. That's where the ghost stuff started in the hotel. The only reason I picked the room that I picked to shoot in was because it was big enough to do a dolly shot, which is essentially when you have, like, rails and you can mm-hmm. roll. Yeah. Uh, no more thought went into it other than pure technical reasons. So when we're finishing the movie, I find out that the most haunted room in real life is the room I picked to be the haunted room in the movie. <laughs> Could be a coincidence. It's weird that it happened that way. Star Sarah Paxson would wake up in the middle of the night thinking someone was in the room with her. Everyone has stories, but I was too busy saying, let's shoot this. We have 17 days. (laughs) That's scary enough. 17 days to shoot a movie? That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, So the second list that we have here, like I said, we got off the independent. Um, So with Rosemary's Baby... You got the second list pulled up? Yeah. Okay, so... Um... Uh, Hi! So, uh, so, William Castle, who we had mentioned earlier, was convinced uh, that Roman Polanski's 1968 chiller was cursed. After its release, he was hospitalized with kidney stones, and after experiencing hallucinations during his near-death experience claimed to have seen the film's lead, lead character approaching him with a knife. The uh, following year, Polanski's wife, Sharon Tate, was killed in the Manson ma- uh, family murders, which is scary. Yeah. Um, so we, the next one on there is The Exorcist. Uh, we covered everything on that one. I'm looking to see. Do you want to talk about um, Twilight Zone? 
sure. Let me scroll. Because that, that one's the one that's uh, listed frequently, and um, it wasn't on the other list. So Okay. This is from 1983. Tragedy hit the Twilight Zone movie when director John Landis, who fell out with co-director Steven Spielberg due to unsafely cutting too many corners during production. That could be hey. why it's haunted. Just Maybe. throwing that out there. Pushed yeah. ahead with a stunt despite windy conditions. When a helicopter flew out of control, it came crashing down right into the precise position where ac- actor Vic Moreau and two child stars, Mika Din Lee, seven, and Renee Shin Yi Chen, who was six, were killed by the whirling blades and falling debris. Jesus. Ah. The incident, which saw Landis acquitted of manslaughter charges, led to greater regulations in on-set safety. Yikes. Yucker doodles. I'm glad well, Spielberg it. wiped his hands of that. Well, um, so did that, well, it says who fell out with co-director uh, due to unsafe, so is that saying that John Landis was the acu- accused of that? Yeah. Exchange? Okay. I would imagine so. Well, I mean, and it sucks because it's it's the same thing with The Crow that it seems that you have, like, something horrible has to happen for something to kind of cool. be oh, put yeah, into effect. Oh, yeah, we should not put uh, anything in a gun that could actually fire. Yeah. <laughs> God weird, damn it, right? Weird thought. <clears throat> um, so the next one is um, a personal favorite of Justin's. Uh-huh. It's a Maximum Overdrive from 1986. Which we did cover, unfortunately, in one of our episodes. Yes, we, yes, we did early on, and it was actually a listener request. Mm-hmm. And I so... still don't like that person. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing, uh, listeners. If you guys have something you'd like us to cover, feel free to reach out and let us know. Yeah, especially if it's one of these that we've covered here that we haven't done already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well. yeah, Maximum Overdrive we covered almost two years ago, and that should tell you the cursed film in itself. That two years and Justin still laments the film. Mm-hmm. It's ep- it's our episode number it's eleven. <laughs> so <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, you always felt like someone was going to die on set, actor Laura Harrington said about Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Because the, the director curse... was on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cursed, in quotations, film saw ne- uh, near-death experiences for cameraman and stuntmen, as well as a hurricane, which hit the set during production. Camera assistant Sylvia Giulietti, Giulietti would later say, every day we had security because the movie was a very dangerous movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, I re- I think I brushed on that when we talked the movie. Like, there were yeah, a lot of accidents. People mm-hmm. losing fingers or shit and just getting seriously injured. And King was on cocaine, mm. literally, yeah. the entire time. So, Which, I'm not yeah. that surprised. Not at all. Uh, not at all. Ghost from 1990. May not be scary, but one of the biggest Hollywood urban legends goes that Poltergeist child star Heather O'Rourke haunted the 1990 film set. Crew members claimed to have continually heard the footsteps of an unseen figure as well as a child laughing. The film was shot on the same soundstage where O'Rourke had filmed scenes as a child's actor. So it doesn't necessarily say it was Poltergeist. I assume it wasn't the same set, but maybe it was. But it was on a set that she had used. Right, and so I honestly think that... Because, yeah, she was an actress, but... 
when it comes to like the amount of films that she had done, she did Poltergeist 1, Poltergeist 2, Poltergeist 3. Uh, Poltergeist 3 was her last film in 1988. And so, I mean, she did some TV stuff, but like it's mostly just the Poltergeists. Mm, so and it so, been one of the sequels. Yeah, it could have been. Um,. So we covered Emily Rose and Insidious in Keepers, as well as The Possession. Um, a film called Return to Babylon in 2013. Silent film Return to Babylon is said to have captured demonic on, uh, activity on film. Director Alex Monte Kanawati used an old school camera with black and white film that he mysteriously found in a bag. But he had watched it back when he... Uh, he but when he watched back what he had caught on camera, the lead actor's faces had morphed into demonic-looking creatures. I want to see that movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, hey, you're getting ready to direct a movie, right? And you're like, okay, I found an old black-and-white camera with some film. Let's go ahead and use this. Why not? Yeah, and uh, we'll go ahead and cover one of your new favorites. Annabelle from 2014. Uh Uh, Director John R. Leonetti claimed to have seen three fingers drawn through dust on set multiple times, uh, because which is scary because the demonic doll at the heart of the film has only three fingers. Uh, That gave me goosebumps just thinking about it. (laughs) Uh, Producer Peter Sarfran went on to tell The Hollywood Reporter about some strange goings-on during the film shoot. Quote, we shot in this amazing old apartment building near Koreatown, and we had some funky stuff go down. In particular, the first day that the demon was shooting in full makeup, we brought him up in the elevator. He walks out and walks around to the green room to where we're holding the talent, and just as he walks under, the entire glass light fixture falls down on his head, and in the script, the demon kills the janitor in that hallway. It was totally freaky. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. To have a light fall on your head. <laughs> yeah, ow. <laughs> I yeah, mean, no it's thanks. not, you know, a stage light like uh, Bruce Lee, but... No, thankfully, yeah. Um, the last one that we have to cover is The Nun. Um, in 2018, Annabelle isn't the only Conjuring spinoff that seems to have been haunted. Corin Hardy, who directed The Nun, uh, says he saw two men in a room he was filming in at a castle in Romania. Oh, that sounds sick. Mm-hmm. After completing the take, he turned to the men, assuming they had to be members of the crew, but they were gone. Chillingly, they would have had to pass him in order to leave the room. That part's <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, uh, what the... Oh, where'd you go? Like, some random people on a set that just kind of wandered off isn't that bad, but the fact that they would have had to have, like, passed him in order to mm-hmm, leave... To get out? That's, that's creepy. Yeah, there's no way out. You're like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's um, our quick, not-so-quick take on some cursed films. Um, it definitely adds a layer of, um, I don't know. I, I don't want to always use the word creepy, you know, because mm-hmm. that's been a, a common term to uh, use today. But, like... It definitely adds extra layers to the onion when you're watching the movie and you're like, oh, there's a lot of shit that went into making this movie. And Yeah, it's that kind of extra chill factor. And, I mean, it happens 
in all sorts. I'm kind of surprised, like, The Dark Knight isn't on here after Heath Ledger passed, you know, yeah. shortly after Something wrapping like, on that. Right, but I also Googled um, horror films, horror movies. I was trying to keep it within sure. the genre as much. Um, but, I mean, that's there's so many movies out there that are kind of marred by that tragedy because especially older movies when so many horrible things happened because right. you know people just weren't safe or smart back then i say um, that like it wasn't 20 years ago but still yeah that's true i mean there's other lists on there if you want to go through and look like it's saying that um the passion of the christ you know was haunted there was people getting struck by lightning there's a, a movie that keeps popping up on lists. It's called The Conqueror in, in, from 1956, which is a whitewashed um, film with... Uh, it looks like John Wayne, but I don't remember if they said who it was. But um, 200, two, uh, of the 222, uh, 220 cast and crew members... 91 contracted cancer by 1979. Christ. That's a lot. Though. In 23 years, 90, I mean. <laughs> it was when smoking was just what you did to pass the time. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's a bunch. Of, oh, so there is. The Dark Knight is on a list. I would, I would think. The Batman movie, The Dark Knight, in 2008, did incredibly well at the box office, but that doesn't stop some from believing the movie was hexed. That's due to what happened to three of the movie's stars all around the time of the film's release. Heath Ledger died of a fatal mix of prescription drugs. Some people say that his role as a Joker in the movie took its toll on him. Um, Christian Bale was accused of assault, which he denied in the incident that was dropped, and Morgan Freeman was in a serious car accident. The crewman was also... Yeah, a crewman was also killed during the filming of an action sequence. So, I mean, the there's like no shortage of mm. um, unfortunate accidents. And it, honestly, yeah, I mean, it like seems a, like someone died on the set of Deadpool too in a motorcycle. Just occupational thing. hazards. A soap opera like. actor actually just passed away of like a heart attack or something on the set of some movie like a couple weeks That's ago. Cr- it's yeah. it's crazy, but that's crazy. We could definitely um, go into this forever and ever. I feel like we could, I, and we'll go ahead and wrap it up now. This episode went much longer than I expected it to, which is never a bad thing. Yeah, especially as for our stuff to talk bonus about. Episodes. Right. Um, so before we get out of here, Justin, and, and we tell everybody where they can reach us, if mm-hmm. you guys would, I'd appreciate it. Um, why don't you let us know where you're taking us? next week thank you for the long lead-in because it took me a second to remember what my movie was going to be (laughs) you had that look on your face i'm like let's see how long i can drag this out we can do this all day i forgot it then i remembered (laughs) it then i forgot it again but i got that's how long my lead-in was i'm sorry (laughs) uh but i am doing john carpenter's classic the thing which i have never seen before and technically it's not the original because the original no. is uh, 1956, called, I believe. Yeah, and it's called. It's some, called the thing. Yeah, well, it's the th- like. Or thing. It's it's on it's my called it's something on my voodoo else. wish list. It, it's like the thing from another world or something like oh. that. It's longer than just the thing. Um. So yeah, it's. 
Yeah, the thing from Another World, 1951. Yeah. But we're not going to cover that. Technically, we usually cover the originals first, but uh, tough shit. It's my show, and I'm going to do what I want. Mm-hmm. So we're going to cover <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing, and I'm excited to finally see it well, and be grossed out too. by weird creatures. Right, and that's the thing too, man, because this, like I say, I kind of have this list of cardinal sin films that I've never seen that I, how can I call myself a horror fan because I've never seen it. Um, honestly, now that we're going to cover this, I might just buy it and watch the original. I, I might even try to watch all three. Are you there, Justin? Yeah. Okay, you, you froze for a second. I was like, <laughs> yeah, please, so internet, no. Please, internet, no. Okay, uh, that's a sign. We got to wrap it up. But yeah. um, there's three films in line with the thing. You have the original, the remake, and then a remake. My my goal, because hopefully we should be recording a few days on this, my goal is to watch all three before that happens. Wow. I'm on vacation, baby, so let's get it done. I was going to say, I believe in you. I think you can do it, especially if you have the house to yourself for a day. I don't, but we'll make it happen. (laughs) Well, my daughter's kindergarten camp's only three hours a day, but that's going to be spent cleaning the garage, because fuck me, right? Anyways, we want to thank you guys for hanging out with us, as always, and we can't wait to get back together and hang out with you guys next week when we talk about the thing. Um until then you can find us on facebook at pod and gore podcast we have a page and a group come hang out with us we would love to see you hear from you all that fun stuff Mm -hmm. you can find us on instagram and twitter excuse me at gore underscore pod you can't huh yeah that came out of nowhere too (laughs) uh you can find us on the slasher app um, which is just pod and gore podcast, uh, no spaces underscored. Um, and you can email us at pod and gore at gmail.com. Um, we want to thank you guys for listening as always. Um, we are now like, literally we're like five days away from coming up since the last, it's been a year since we've got a fresh review. And so I'm begging with every bit of me, please, if you have not liked, rated, reviewed anything, um, it only takes a minute. Hell, email us that you did. We'll do something for you. I just want to get some more reviews out there. It's been a hot minute. Kind of get the, you know, get the word out there. Kind of listens have kind of tapered off since we've started this format. So if you guys don't like, you know, the, the extra episodes, um, you guys just want us to talk about movies and then save the bonuses for other things. Like we have no problem with that. Like we love talking about this stuff and we'll continue to do so. Um, but we do this cause we love it, but we also do it because, you know, for the listeners that we do have. And so, um, feel free, hit us up, be like, God, Brandon, you suck. And I'd say you're right, but I do too. Say that yeah all the time <laughs> you know and so well like um, i always say i mean we don't know if you don't like something until you tell us because we just kind of come up with this crap on off the top of our heads and hope for the best so right i say if there's a direction we're going you don't like or would like to see let us know we're we're not yeah. sticklers no absolutely not and uh we generally have our episodes planned out but that doesn't mean we can't push something um justin's got his planned out for the rest of the year, pretty much, or mm-hmm. close to. Um, I have ideas rolling around in my head. I'm not quite there, so hit me up. Let me know. I would love to to work something in for you guys. I legit, 
um, found Justin. This page is uh, several years old. <laughs> like, look, it's got fucking thirteen ghosts and the thing and sleepaway camp and all sorts of stuff nice. on here. It's even got, um, it's got our list of, um, what is it? Um, ideas, episode ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, um, we already covered Hellraiser, which was, um, recommended by Josh. Um, so Norris out of his big old chunk of movies that he requested, we did cover the exorcist. There you go. Yeah. Progress. And so, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we'd get to him eventually, but, mm-hmm. uh, we would definitely like to cover something. So, uh, hit us up. Yeah, and we want to thank you guys again as always and we will see you guys in a week when we talk about the thing that is the thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we have been your hosts I've been Brandon and I've been Justin and we'll see you guys next week bye bye